We're Not Dead, a podcast about a story of survival. episode 55 of the we're not dead podcast and i think around this time i'm supposed to say that it is the official community podcast for we are live i'm a little yes. rusty all right good job you got it all ah, ah, thank you well i am butt six mcgee also known as Brittany brahma rocker rocker <laughs> and joining me this week is nick voodoo hello world what is going on nick voodoo oh not too much uh just trying to contain an unhealthy amount of rage Oh no! What's with the rage regarding? Uh, rage. Let me just say this: If you're listening to this podcast and you are an underwriter for a loan, I don't know your face, I don't know your name, but I hate you. Oh, that's lovely. I love all of you, so my love will balance with yin to my yang. Ah, yes. There we go. Um. So we'll give this. We'll start this episode off with a slight disclaimer that Nick is working with a new mic. And yes. the only issue that we can foresee with this new mic is A, it not working, and B, not. <laughs> that it is a standing mic, so he has to remain perfectly still while he records. Otherwise, I might start sounding like this. Oh, that was irritating. You're welcome. <laughs> well, I'm happy to report that Mondays no longer suck, like you said. Mondays do no longer suck. They do no longer <laughs> suck, because we have We're Live episodes, and that makes everybody happy. There you go. All right, so let's dive right into it, and we will not be recapping the entire episode, because that is a thing we are no longer doing. Double hooray. All right, so the first topic of discussion is the intro music. Things were a little different this time around. Full-on string quartet. You can hear all four pieces. Great. Was it great? Oh, let's also just say that this is for 37-1 Balance of Power. So when people like 30 years from now are coming back to try to listen, you know, they'll they'll know. Because we're going to yeah, remain we, around that long. Yeah. Since we're not doing the reviews, I guess it would probably help if we tell them what chapter we are talking about. Yes. So 37-1 so, yeah. Balance of Power. You probably should have listened to it by now. Yeah, because otherwise this is not going to be nearly as exciting as the actual episode. No. All right. No. So going back. So the intro music. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great for dramatic effects and a great season opener. I wanted to be there all the time. It was such a great way to start the season. It was. All right. Are we done with the intro music? Uh, Yeah. Other than to say, you know what? String music rocks. Right on. So the first topic that has nothing to do with music is uh, <laughs> the main chapter topics. Uh, the little one. He uh, had some words for our characters. And yes, they were did. die, die, die. But it was more like, or, yeah, die. or if you were on the forum, you would have seen that there's some speculation that it was actually saying we're alive. Yes. Ah, I tried. I, I tried to even listen to it looking for it to be we're alive. And I, I heard die three times. I'm I sorry, everyone. I, you know, I could be going for the ride and uh, Britt might be there right there with me, but... Man, I, I hear die three times. What? What was that? You hear die. Yeah, you burst. 
Yep, I did too. I mean, the first time I listened to it, I heard Die. And the second time when I went back listening for We're Alive, I forgot that the first part of the little one's whatever is him going, blah, blah, like making no sense. So I'm like, how how did I hear Die from this? But it's after <laughs> that. Yeah, so I just heard Die as well. Um, Pretty, uh, to quote Victor, that's some scary shit, I think is what he said. Yeah. Freaky shit or scary shit? One or the other, but uh, one of the two. The I think freaky shit. For me, though, it was sort of odd that everyone was like, they talk. Because I was like, man, of course they talk. When did they not realize that they talked? And I realized, oh, you know, we really haven't heard them talk. But with Ink or the one with the markings or whatever you want to call him, having that ability, I, for some reason, just always assumed, of course, the little ones talk. And maybe that was from that part of the arena where we hear the recording from Lizzie and we hear one of them say, you know, move out or whatever it was. I, I forgot. I didn't get a chance to go back and listen to it to get the actual quote. Um, and then and isn't it, uh, Ink says about CJ, leave her when she's leave trapped. her. And, but you know, Ink's got that really low distinctive voice. And this one was sort of, yeah. So, but you, you know, know I, it's, it's fascinating because I can't imagine that these little ones and the zombies or whatever you want to call them communicate that way. You know, I can't imagine them all sitting around their like, like pre-destroyed arena and be like, well, how, how are you doing today? You know, they sound like a bunch of old, <laughs> that probably sounded really annoying. I'm sorry. I got a splinter in my foot. So part of me thinks that if these little ones once were people that now they've been totally converted to hate people and now they're just like reusing what little part of their i don't want to say humanity but that they have to tell to express their hate for michael and crew it's just kind of a fascinating concept it's like that it just goes really deep and that's and that's part of the entire appeal of the show in the first place is that the zombies are like almost nothing you've ever seen before there's you know hardly ever been a zombie in lore that is equivalent to the one with the markings there's hardly i don't think there's anything that can compare except for maybe in resident evil to mm-hmm. the little ones, which I guess I don't even know. Like I, the liquors, maybe are the closest thing because they're just so hard to take down. Hate those things. Yeah, liquors, tyrants, all those bad boys. Well, yeah, tyrant is in and of itself something. Yeah, just weird because it's so odd. I guess you could relate them to a behemoth, but yeah, you know that you know specialized zombies aren't really all that seen. It's shamblers, runners, or you know that's sort of it. You get like one or two of those, and that's sort of the extent of it. You don't get smart ones. You don't get Ones that can jump, you don't. But get, if you play uh, Left 4 Dead, you get singing ones called. You know, you no, well, I'm Dead. I'm a couple generation consoles behind. So okay, I, well we'll just we'll leave Nick with that. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll stick with my N64. There thank you, you go. That's the best one anyway. So now on the topic of the little ones, there's some speculation that the little ones started off as babies, and if that's the case, how did they learn how to talk? So Mr. Redbeard thinks that the man in the pinstriped suit, he said, I thought there was evidence to support experiments by him in the basement of the hospital that they may have led to the creation of the little ones. Now, Nathan has a different idea. He said, it might be some kind of device that's kicked in when they're near death to distract the human from killing them, as we saw with hesitation from Michael once it spoke the first time. Now, I don't think... Nathan is totally off. I don't think there's like a device implanted in them or anything, but maybe right. it's just, you know, faced with that moment of like, holy shit, you know, I'm about to kick the bucket. Um, that, that humanity or whatever it is you want to call it comes out and they're like, fuck you. And then, you know, adrenaline. Does yeah, wonders. I, I'm not, I'm not sure. I, that's not what I actually gave too, too much thought to. Um, hmm. Um, 
something to think about, something to ponder. Something to think about, and I have absolutely nothing to add to because my brain isn't working fast enough on that one. That's fine. Um, so I, I'm going to let that one let that one right fester for a bit. Yes. <laughs> All right. So the next thing I want to talk about is that triage by Tanya and whoever was helping her at the time. I don't think we really like know what initially happened, how the people got up there. But come on, like she pulled a nurse Brit, right? I mean, Michael is essentially like, so, you know, how did X, Y, Z, how did they get hurt? I don't know. I didn't ask. Those weren't the exact words, but you get the no, point. That's pretty close to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I don't, that's just like, I feel like that's the first thing you would ask. Like, how, how did this happen? You know, you, that's something you'd want to establish because the little ones, as we saw with Amy, which we'll get to in a second, it just takes one of them to wipe out an entire hubbub of people. Oh, right, and but the thing that I don't know that has been really identified yet is that little ones, apparently, from what we have learned, can transfer whatever this happens to be via a scratch. Mm -hmm. So that's something that's brand new because we've only known about bites so far. You know, someone gets bit, like Fernando gets bit in the neck and you have to kill him because he's going to turn. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Tommy and the blood transfer. But, you know, scratching seems pretty harmless when you think about it. It's like, ow! You suck. Why did you do that? And it turns out that it can turn you into a little one. So yeah, as, as Tanya's running around trying to find the people that are the worst hurt, oh, you have a couple of gashes on your leg. Well, it's not in the spot that's going to kill you, so why don't you just hang tight? I'll get back to you when I can, stitch you up, and you'll be fine. Right. Now, maybe for me, it wasn't. It was such a no-brainer that scratches would be no bueno because, well, A, I mean, you know, scratch. <laughs> no, but uh, uh, seriously, uh, you know, I, I love zombie lore and whatever, so... And all, I wouldn't say most, if not all, of the zombie fiction I read, a scratch will turn you. I mean, right. so and to I me, understand I'm like, that, oh, but okay. I don't know. I, I'm trying to think if that's been explored in the series before, and I really don't think it has been. It's, mm -mm. you know, uh, Tommy turns after he gets blood inside of I his neck. I don't care. I blame Tanya. Nurse Britt clearly was the one who trained Tanya. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> anyway. Fair enough. Way to go, Nurse Britt. You, you, you continue to ruin the day. I suck, man. All God. right, so uh, the next, in regards to the whole hospital triage, uh, our good friend Amy, she uh, she kicked the bucket, or did she? Uh, yeah, I do safely believe she kicked the bucket, and uh, good riddance to her, you horrible, rancid woman. Yeah. Undead Sweeper says, I thought Michael's reaction to Amy was correct. I don't know why he is apologizing for it. She had no idea how she was injured, and she was talking about the great pain. We still don't know when injury by Aldo reacted. He said it was little ones that doesn't cut it. Okay, that was kind of grammatically incorrect, but I read it. That you that. That will happen every once in a while. That'll happen every once in a while, but I think uh, essentially he's just saying that he thinks Michael reacted. You know, some people were upset because Michael, oh, pulled the gun on Amy, and oh my god, that you know, poor girl, she's like in her deathbed, and then Michael whips out this gun. But in any I, case, I don't, I don't disagree with Michael pulling out the gun. I think that Tanya's way. While first of all, I, I feel as though I wanted Amy to get the bullet just because I feel like she deserved it, uh, for what she had done in terms of the colony thing. However, that was a long time ago. Okay. Water under the bridge, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to say that again because something dropped over my head and I saw it get picked up. So it's water under the bridge and, you know, that is what it is. But the the thing is, is that you don't really remember it because there's no real discussion of who else is really in the room. And you don't really hear them per se. Is that Michael was about to shoot someone in the face with a bunch of people that just got injured 
in a zombie attack. That's so not kosher. That <laughs> the way that Tanya dealt with it is like quick, fast, painless, mm-hmm. relatively, I believe, and puts Amy out of her misery and away she goes and uh, off to her death. Exactly. It, but some people are thinking that those antibiotics or whatever it was, not antibiotics, but the what's it called? The, the elixir that she gave Amy might be the antibiotics that she used on herself that perhaps no, Saul used. Listen to the background and you hear a heart monitor go beep, 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 tone. She's dead. I know. That's a good point, but I'm just saying. I, I understand. I'm just saying. No, I'm not saying but anything. Again, I, it, I agree. I mean, after, like you said, you listen to the heart monitor, but it's an interesting theory out there to see. I, I guess, but even she said, I don't have enough for the living and I got to save it for the living. And Amy was a dead man, so I killed her. Like, mm-hmm. that, that she was euthanized instead of being Michaelized, I guess, for right. lack of a better term. So I guess that's a good point that there were, you know, a few people on the threat, on the forums that were saying, you know, well, maybe she isn't dead. But as we all know, these things are living and breathing. So if there's no heartbeat, you know, it's evidenced by the use of the chloroform in the past and blah, blah, blah. Right. So they're obviously bringing that shit in. So no heartbeat, True. safe to assume they're dead unless, you know, they're going to become like IRL zombies and start shambling around aimlessly, completely um, dead. But No, let, let's not go there. Let's just end that one where it is. No, thank you. No, thank you. Nick does not like those zombies. All right. So no. the next. No shamblers. <laughs> no shamblers. The next topic we have about hospital things. Poor CJ. Let's have a moment oh. of silence for CJ. It's not so much for CJ, just for her leg. For, no, well, and for her. That's really shitty. I mean, what? you know, I just. Ugh. But yes, <laughs> if for her leg, I feel more sorry for her leg, but she's the one that's going to have to live with it. The leg will be dead and sloughed off and whatever. But. Anyway, so um, main, you know, theories on the on the forum are, is the chloroform going to work? Is it going to kill her? What's going to happen? Is she going to turn out to, you know, lose major brain cells during this and just not be, you know, kind of skittly when she comes back? Skittles? Skittles? That explains everything. He was doing chloroform and he let ink in. There you uh, go. Scubba I, says, uh, he said, I'm torn about CJ. Half of me says she's going to have a horrific leg amputation surgery that will make the autopsy scene seem like a nice picnic. Oh, gosh. And then have then become Colonel CJ, human mastermind. The other half says she'll have horrific leg amputation surgery and then die on the table. Michael will get the blame because of the homemade chloroform. This will drive him nuts, blaming himself, dry a wedge between everyone, and will cause Michael and a few of our heroes to depart the colony and head for Dunbar. You know, I don't know that we're even going to necessarily have to see, air quotes, obviously, see the horrific leg surgery. Because unlike Saul, who was awake for his bullet removal surgery and you know, the, the tuna fish story, which was hilarious and awful all at the same time. Um, she's going to get knocked out with chloroform. Mm-hmm. Where I, I'm almost convinced that, you know, there's technically, aside from, unless she's plan, unless the plan is for her to die on the table, like he was suggesting, you know, I don't know that we even need to see it. I don't think Maybe so either. I think it could once end. She, once she's knocked out. Yeah, the scene end. could end with her like, rah, 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 you know, screaming like she was. That was a terrible scream impression. I apologize. <laughs> and, uh, you know, becoming totally drugged up with the chloroform and then the scene fading away and then, you know, fading back in. You know, you hear yeah. the beep of the heart and, you know, whatever, whatever. Uh, I don't think there's really a necessity to listen to the sound of being a spaghetti being turned around in a bowl close up. That's dis- <laughs> that's disgusting. <laughs> Uh, yeah. What are we going to use for the bone saw sound? Oh, Lord. Ooh. Oh, no, no, no. Um, let's 
backtrack back a bit and talk about the chapter artwork and Michael's opening line. Now, in the past, Michael says, you know, I didn't fear death, blah, blah, blah. And then he says, that was then, this is now. Well, this time he just said, that was then. And that was it. And that was it. Um, It is definitely different. It's different. So does it mean anything? Chances are it does. We probably don't know exactly what yet. Hardcore says, I totally didn't catch that the first time through. I'm not sure that the mission, that the omission of this is now part matters much. It's pretty much implied. I guess if you really wanted to analyze it to death, that's what we do here after all. Uh You could say that at first Michael didn't fear death. Then the outbreak started and he found something to fear. But now he's moved past being afraid and is ready to fight back. I think it's the tone of his voice that's the most important thing, though. He sounds angry and fed up. He's ready to stop running and fight back. I agree with hardcore. I like the the delivery of that was then. Mm-hmm. Like the then gets hit really hard and put in context of we're going to go get the bastards uh from the end of last season. I agree that I don't know that the this uh this was now is really necessary anymore. I think that it's we we've moved on to a new place, we're trying a new tactic and then we immediately go to the new tactic which by the way, we skipped over this part. I loved hearing the perspective of the little one running away from Robbins and Muldoon. I thought that oh, was really cool. Oh, yeah, and, that like, was like the really quick cool. transitions between uh, parties. So we go from little one to Copter to, to Puck and Michael and blah. blah, blah. I, I love the way that that opening sequence flowed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, those are the things we miss when we don't do our elaborate chapter recaps. It is true, but we can always bring it back when we remember it. Oh, yeah, that's true. Good point. True. True. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I think it's exactly what Hardcore is implying. I think it's just kind of like, okay, enough bullshit, you know. And he, Michael's tone was a lot more assertive and it was a lot more like, don't fuck with me. Yeah. He, yeah. Um, and also, let's talk about the chapter artwork. Yes. Would you like to describe it for us? Uh, what you see is a piece of the colony. You see the, a sign for Liberty Park. You see that uh, just behind it or right at it is on fire. Uh, shell casings on the ground and a man laying there in a pool of his own blood. He is got short, dark hair and a green, what appears to be army outfit. Army outfit. So, yeah. So now it's like, who is this person? Is this a clip from one of the future episodes that we haven't listened to yet? Does this take place right after the initial attack? So what clues do we have based on that artwork that tells us where this might take place? Oh, man, the only thing that we know for certain is that... Um, there are bodies in the colony, <laughs> uh, and they're sort of piled up all together, be it zombie, mauler, or colonist. Um, I'd assume that there are still fires going, because it's only about three hours since, three to four hours since um, the attacks ended at uh, the colony from the zombies and the maulers. Um, I honestly... I. I'm going to regret saying it, but I think that it is more to set the mood. I don't know that it is indicative of something that is coming in the chapter. I think it's just to show it's a dead body. It's the result of what has happened. Right. And Casey had some, uh, <clears throat> as you know, Casey lurks the forums. He not he doesn't always, you know, jump in. But when something kind of gets really derailed or off track or something he can say, he will jump in. So um, it started off with Hoff40 saying, I just assumed after the Civil War, if you will, there would have been some at least some body pickup, and we wouldn't have had the dead lining the streets, if nothing else, just to make sure none of them are dead from the Zeds and could possibly turn. This be, this could be circumvented by some quick headshots with a knife to save some ammo, 
to make sure they aren't turners, but I think the pick would be quite more gruesome if that were the case, the pick meaning picture. Mm-hmm. I find it highly unlikely to leave bodies strewn about, even in the panic unchecked. All of that said, Casey could just not be showing us the brutality of the double checks that would definitely happen. I'm putting my flag in the shit goes down within the walls of this episode camp, though. And Casey responded and said, yeah, I'm not a fan of gratuitous... Gra- fuck. My word cut Gratuitous. out. Gratuitous. Yeah, it started out with G-R-A and then <laughs> it deleted. But anyway, he said... <laughs> and then it just went downhill from there. It just didn't, went downhill. But in a nutshell, he said, I'm not a fan of excessive violence, or at least showing it. There's something to be said about hearing it versus seeing it. True. So, I want to, yeah. guess, look too much into it. I think, like you said, Nick, it's probably just kind of to set the tone. But that being said, it's still very high likely that some shit goes down within the colony walls. I mean, it, again, it's possible, and... Yeah, the the army outfit leaves it sort of wide open as to who it could be. It could be anyone. It could be Muldoon. It could be. I don't think it can be Robbins because I think they call him fat and that guy looks skinny. Yeah, um, he's a big boy. So it's not Robbins. Robbins, congratulations, you live through this chapter in theory. Um, you know, Michael could be Saul. Although, you know, at that, uh, yeah, if it's going to be anyone, it's probably going to be. It's got to be like Carl Puck Muldoon. One of those three at that point, if it's mm-hmm. going to be one of them. Um, and Nick, I'm not sure if you know this. You probably do. But for those that don't know, Tony Ray, he hosted the We're Not Dead live show with me. He is actually the voice of uh, Tony Roberts. Oh, yeah. So- uh, anyone anyone that has listened to the live sh- uh, chapter 36, uh, Tony was my was the co-host or host, I guess. Oh, that's he, right. He was, wasn't one he? One of the two. So you have met... Uh, you, you have met Mr. Robbins before. God, he's so such a funny guy. He yes, is he is. so hilarious. <sighs> Definitely. All right. So now that we've talked about most of the chapter details, we have some there's, speculation of what's coming there, next. There's one thing we have not really spoken of. I don't that? know if you want to touch on it, is the chapter title, uh, The Balance of Power. Oh, yeah. I did have that in here. Um, the only note oh, I okay. had on it was, I didn't, I just skipped over it though, was people are like is it balance of power between zombies and humans or power between maulers and michael's crew or balance or balance of power within the colony now nick you had a smart ass comment about this whole thing i did and you know what i i, I can't help myself um, all right balance of power. exact comment i had no i have it right here oh perfect Trust me. thank you said has anyone something something thought about a correlation between balance of power and cj's impending amputation all I have to say about that is I got a message from a certain someone or other who said, oh, cool, you found the double meaning. No, no way. You found one of the double meanings. There's a couple going on to the best of my knowledge, but he, I, I, I was told that I may have stumbled upon a double meaning within it. And because, of course, a lot harder to balance if you only got one leg. Hey, 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 that's a good sign, though, because if you got a little something-something saying that that's a good double meaning, could mean that some well, certain, if, someone uh, survives and only has one leg. I, again, and hey, I, always said that, I always said that she was going to survive this anyway, so that's why I had a hard time trying to get through S.C. Bubba's post about um, her dying on the table in Dunbar and all that other stuff earlier, because I don't think she's going to die. Oh, sorry, uh, dude, I pronounced your name wrong. I called you Scubba, my bad. That's I'll, what I'll I did, learn. too, and that's when he called me out on it. I was going to let you get called out on it now, but yeah, you corrected yourself, so you're probably okay. All right, so yeah, there's the balance of power, and I guess apparently one of the other meanings is poor gimp CJ. And I mean, <laughs> poor CJ and her peg leg. She was just too awesome to continue like living with two legs. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe we'll have a mom- moment of silence at our little We're Not Dead funeral for her, her leg. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs>
All right, so let's talk about what's coming next in 37.2. Litmaster mm. says, well, since there's no time jump, I expect the next immediate order of business is to chop off CJ's leg and have some disagreement and grumbling about Michael assuming command. Then there will be more of the same once CJ awakens and sees how the running of this place has been far below her standards. I don't think we'll be heading back to Dunbar in LA until CJ gives her content and an attack plan has been formulated. So I think we'll be staying at the colony for the rest of this chapter. It's also possible that a forward attack team could head to LA while the rest of the group stays in the colony. Lizzie's going to need some place to deliver that baby. It's true, and there's not much to dispute about it. I don't even know that we get to the point of sending out a forward operating base. Oh, I guess you could, because in theory, Saul obviously knows where Dunbar is, and so does Victor. He could, He and Victor could go back. Uh, and try to get some supplies with maybe one or two other people. But again, we now are pretty much aware, or they have now finally become aware that when they go out in groups, they're in trouble. Mm -hmm. So they're going to have to try and figure out what groups triggers off the uh, one with the markings alarm going, hmm, <laughs> lunch. Pillars brings up an interesting point. I wonder if Michael will give more attention to the medicine administered to Amy and Little One Number 5 as the possible way to develop a weapon. Though, I don't know what's more rare, the medicines are 50 cal rounds. But again, and if a 556 round can barely penetrate their skin, any type of needle would be near impossible to work with. Yeah, ne needles, not, not so hot. Hot bullets kind of work. Mm -hmm. So, I think that's a really interesting point. I'm sure there's something they can do with that medicine. It's just, I guess, how much do they have to... Yeah, true. Use and, it. I mean, we saw how Victor was able to use medicine to his advantage, but the problem was he had to put it through the thing's eye. So that's yeah. a little bit close for comfort, I would say. Yeah, that's that's the card to get a little warm and fuzzy. Yeah, I don't feel like being warm and fuzzy with something that has, like, four-foot-long claws and wants to introduce them to my intestines, and I, that's not on my to-do list today. <laughs> Lovely! Yeah. Well, that's all I have. I don't know. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, there's one thing to, to definitely bring up, and that is if you want to know where we're getting all this uh, stuff from, it's uh, www.zombiepodcast.com slash forum. You can sign up there, and you can post along with the likes of Britt, myself, uh, all these other people that you've heard of, SC Bubba, Piers, Liam, uh, Osiris, all these people that are constantly on the forum and posting theories and ideas and thoughts and uh, well wishes to dearly departed friends and foes. Uh, go to www.zombiepodcast.com slash forum and join in the fun. And, uh, join the fun. Hopefully we'll get you up on the air at some point. Join the, yeah. And that's the next point I want to bring up. Um, I think, you know, we've done, this is our second episode. We're back in the swing of things. Mm -hmm. I think we're ready to start taking <gasps> guests. Ooh. Ooh, aren't you lucky? Actually, it's us that are lucky. Please come on. Um, we're yeah, so, so tired of talking to each other. We do. I mean, it's only once a week, but it feels like every day. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> um, so, that being said, let's just run through the criteria really, really quick. Now, first of all, if you are interested in guesting, I know we still have some emails, but it can't hurt to email us again. Um, we're not dead podcast at gmail.com. Just let us know you're interested. And let's just talk about real quick about the requirements of coming on the show. You don't need to be a We're Alive guru or anything like that. It's no. more like a technical, technical thing. Yeah, the tech spec rundown is you need to have a computer of some sort. That certainly helps. You have to have a Skype account. Uh, you need to have some headphones and a microphone. Um, and you also you need, have, okay. and you need a recording program, be it Audacity, which is free, um, or 
some other program that you can record an MP3 to. Exactly. So yeah, everything is essentially free. If you don't have a mic, then you know you have to get one of those. But um, yeah. yeah, we ask that you use a microphone and headphones, or if you have a headset, that works too, just because we can't have, when you're talking to us, we can't have our voices coming through and recording, re-recording on your mic. And that just makes Bees' life a hellhole. So, yes, it does. Uh, yeah. So um, again, you know, we'll just say that out there. We'll throw that out there now. But if you send us an email and you forget what you need, just let us know and we'll happily remind you and get your butts on. Yep. And uh, I do, if you have, uh, I'm going to send out probably next Monday, which is Labor Day in the States. Uh, I'm going to have time to sit and go through all the emails that we received for the last eight months. I'm going to find all of you that emailed. You'll get an email from me reminding you of these tech requirements, and then I'm going to start scheduling you, and I'll send out emails getting that. So I'll try to give you a bunch of notice to do this. Um, so we may not get yeah. guests coming in quickly to start, but we are going to start scheduling you quickly uh, to come on the air. So that way you are planned, you are ready, um, and we will try to accommodate you if you are a long, long ways away, be you in Spain, be you in Australia, wherever we have done uh, podcast with uh, friends from New Zealand, so it's not impossible to get this done. It just ends up putting us out really late because, you know, we have to record at like 12 o'clock in the afternoon to be able to talk to someone from New Zealand. Yeah, it's fun times and we love it. So, yeah, um, you know, like Nick said, we might not be able to like get you all scheduled right away for this coming up episode unless you have everything you need right now. Let us know if you have like everything and you're set and you're ready. Let's do it. If not, just, yeah. Yeah, if you have those requirements, again, if you have everything we spoke about, email us, we're not dead podcast at gmail.com. Let us know you have it, and that way you may jump to the top of the list just because I know you have everything. You don't have to get anything, and life is happy. Life is good, yeah. Yeah, totally. So thanks, guys. Um, We really hope we can get some of you on. It's always a lot more fun when we have, like, random people to haze and talk to. Two. So. Two. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, Um, have a great Memorial Day weekend. Long Memorial weekend. Day. Late, no. is it a mem- what is it? Labor Day. Memorial it's Labor Day. Day? Yes. Oh, fuck it is Labor Day. Oh, you're right. That was a dummy on my part. Wow, dude. <laughs> that was That was <gasps> special. Good good job. You know, I I blame life. You blame life a lot, I see. Yeah, it happens. Okay, have a great three-day fucking weekend, everybody. Um, <laughs> I will be at PAX, and that's what, what I am thinking of, and that's where I will be. I will be playing all of the video games. Cool. I will not be at PAX. You will not see me there. If you see no. me there, man, something went horribly, horribly wrong. <laughs> yes. So, for me and for Nick, have a wonderful Labor Day weekend. And we're out. Bye.